welcome back to... Hey, great shot. Oh, welcome back indeed. Cleaner <laughs> had a little... Got a little testy there in the ad. You guys are lucky you don't hear what goes on behind the scenes during the uh, I should have kept it rolling. Yeah, you should have kept uh, it rolling. Honestly. Oh, we'll have to do that for the next you guys, break. You guys don't know what the you I put up with. are such... You complain a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot, yeah. a lot. And right. you demand a lot. Yeah, that's like true. Like a lot. A we lot. both learned two things in college. <laughs> to demand to complain. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the odd couple works well. Okay. You know, we're already way past on time, so let's get rocking and rolling again. Back into our preview of the Wimbledon men's draw. Second half of the draw, we're going to do one half. Again, we divided it up funkily, so we're going to go with the number three seeds portion of the uh, That's got to be in the title. Uh, of the yeah, it's, this tournament is funkily. Let's do it. So let's talk about the second half of the draw. We're talking about Marin Cilic's quarter first. Cilic... Maybe the quietest number three seed in the history of Grand Slam. Honestly, and yeah. for the first time I can ever remember, I believe it's Nick McCarvel, whoever it is, Nick something, who's writing for Wimbledon.com, and I apologize for butchering your name, but shout out to him, wrote the article, Why Marin Cilic is the Favorite at Wimbledon. And for the first time in my life, I couldn't disagree with him. Fliegner... I have in my outline specifically, your that, hot, that's my take hot take is Cilic is the favorite. Is the favorite. Run me through the argument. I mean, just look at how he's been playing recently, you know. And so just as a disclaimer, he's had a few surprising losses this year. Um, Malik Jaziri at the Istanbul Open, uh, Simone at the Tata Open, um, Nishikori, who obviously hasn't really been at the top of his game for quite some time at Monte Carlo. So, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, Chilich going down to players that he – maybe should beat but i mean his match against djokovic in queens recently was some of the best tennis that i've ever seen him play and i think the big thing for him is that he's moving much better on grass than he used to even even from last year um you know we obviously saw him implode a little bit against federer but up to that point he'd been playing great and the big thing for like really tall players like him is movement and especially on grass it's you know really tough to move on grass even for good movers and it's you know that much harder for tall guys and i think he does it great he's serving out of this world that's the big thing i've seen so far yeah and i don't mean to cut you off but again some of the things you mentioned very true chillich 27 9 on the year uh, has had a really solid result he's beaten Kyrgios. has beaten djokovic has beaten nadal yeah you know we saw him in the australian open final against federer we saw him last year make the wimbledon final against federer yeah. you have to remember there were tears drawn and it, you know, mm. that was just not the brightest moment for all of us right. you you know we had a bet earlier am i going to bring it up and you were right i am because <laughs> no, we, had Chilich, a, we had an under over you know how many times are you going to fall in love with Marin Cilic's game and just see it crack down? I feel right. like you know you look through the stats this year. He's serving fifty nine percent on first serves for the year, a good number for that's him. a good if number for the whole. 50, yeah, yeah, that is a very yeah. solid number, and that's yeah. just if he serves like that. It's well, I would also I would him. also guess that his second serve win percentage is good too. Yeah, I mean he's. Just, I don't have the stats. He's, on that. No, he must be playing yeah. smart tennis. He's had great results yeah. all year long. He's got the one title, and so you know Matt. He's I also to to, hungry. You know, I mean, how hungry he's got a Grand Slam title. He's. I mean, he has made. He's clearly of all of these guys on tour. He is one of, if not the most consistent week in week out player. He yeah. is always there. I mean, always he's a, deep He's runs. by all accounts an incredibly hard worker. But I just think so. I didn't. Sorry to cut you off, but I didn't really make a case for why he's the favorite. And I think going back to what you were saying earlier about Federer, him looking maybe a step slow, maybe a little off, maybe a little cranky, as you say. Um, I don't see any of that in Chilich. I see the opposite. 
you know, I think he's at the top of his game mentally and physically. So, Matt, you're our draw connoisseur, and in terms of breaking this down logistically, what's it look like Chilich is going to have to do to make it to another final? Yeah, uh, I just want to say, Fliegner, great argument. Um, Thank you. Know, you. You almost turned me into a believer there. I, mean, <laughs> I, I have to give you some credit for that, but here's here's how I look at Chilich. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, Federer, for me, is the favorite, and I categorize Chilich as a strong contender. Not the favorite, but he is a strong contender to, to win the title. The favorite for me is Fed. Chilich is a strong contender. Okay, I've said that enough. But <laughs> in this quarter of the draw, um, I've got a couple first-round matchups that I like a lot, one of them being Lucas Pui against Dennis Kula. I'm so happy you put that. I had the exact um, kind of say I had the exact same match, so could not agree more. Two guys don't do many things wrong, just very fundamentally sound match. Yep. I think I think I hope that could be possible upset alert. I would love to see Kudla uh, win that match. I think it could go four or five sets for sure. Back to your original question, Chilich, I think he actually has a pretty easy path to the quarters, possibly the semis. I actually have the big man, John Isner, making it to the quarterfinals down there at the bottom. I think on grass, he's had some success. The huge serve, he's going to be my American that I think is probably going to do the best at this event. And I do have Chilich matching up with Isner uh, in that quarterfinal. But yeah, me too. The draw, the draw looks pretty good for Marin Chilich. And, you know, like Fleetner touched on, I mean, he's been playing great. The guy's confident. I, I like him. I like Chilich a lot, so I definitely think he's going to be in the quarters, uh, and most likely, I hate to say it, but but probably in the semis there, I, I think uh, you know he'd be the favorite for me against John Isner. So, a couple of things. One, anytime you put your faith in Isner on grass, you're just asking yourself to be disappointed. I mean, seriously, you're setting yourself up for just a disappointing result. Isner has never made it past the third round at a Wimbledon. I really don't think, given how sporadic he's been playing throughout this year that this is going to be the year you know he hasn't played since the french open and yes he won that title in miami but beyond that he's 16 and 11 on the year he has eight first round losses just not something you want to see he matches up with yannick maiden who not the worst first round matchup you know that is certainly a winnable match and then you look at really the rest of the guys in this section of the draw and who could you know put a challenge put a scare in him and you're right there's this is really an open part of the draw. A first-round matchup I like, Mackenzie McDonald versus Ricardus Barrancas. Two really excellent shot makers, guys who are going to move around the court well and be in interesting positions. And I just think if you're looking for some some flashes of excellence, that's the match for you. Uh, you know, Potential Steve Johnson is in her second-round matchup. You wonder if Johnson... You know, given how often they've played together, Johnson shouldn't be intimidated. Really hoping CT Pass ends up playing Donaldson in the second round. That'd be a lot of fun I as well. As well yeah. uh, I, I'm, who does Donaldson play in the first round? I believe he. Uh, Malik Jaziri. Yeah, linebacker himself <laughs> for the Baltimore Ravens, Malik Jaziri. And so, yeah, that's a very winnable match. And. Yeah, it, it, I agree with you, Matt. You said it well. This Chilich, if he plays his best tennis, will emerge from this. 
you know, the guys I could see maybe putting a scare in him. Dimitrov has just not played well. On my list of guys who I just I wasn't going to bring up, he's Dimitrov 19-12 and 12 on the year, no titles. He's lost matches to Jaziri, Shardy, uh, and then Verdasco. Just guys you don't want to be losing to when you're trying to be a top-five player and really be the number one guy at a Grand Slam. He's also 1-1 one one on the grass. Uh, you know, hasn't made the semifinals or passed the second week since 2014 when he made the semifinals at Wimbledon. Not a guy, you know, I agree with you. Chilich is just in better form. There's a reason he's the favorite. It's really Chilich's to lose. Pui, always capable of some great things, but, you know, Tsitsipas isn't ready. Donaldson's not fit enough, especially on grass. If everything, it, unless Dimitrov finds another level that we just haven't seen from him this year, this is Chilich's quarter. Yeah, can you understand, though, why I put Isner into the quarters, though? Because, you know, like, if you're looking at his draw, right? I mean, at the bottom, you just basically made the point why Dimitrov is not going to beat Isner. So, like, you're with me on that, right? I don't know, because if Isner survives Steve Johnson, Isner always gets one. He gets one survival that'll pull out of his ass, and then the next one he disappoints. And it's always the case. He survives Mahout, he loses next round. It's yeah. like that. And so, okay, I would love to see Cam Norrie go on a run, just on you know, a side note. The thing, with, the thing with Isner is that there's no one that he can't lose to. Yeah. Which is like a weird way of putting no, it. No, that's but exactly like, right. He could literally lose to any of these. episode the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I I agree. Like he should, on paper, Matt, you know, be in the quarters there. And I'd like to think that he could beat Dimitrov because I'm also like not a Dimitrov fan at all. But um, yeah, I just think any of those guys in his section of the draw have the potential to beat him and, and and which you know we've seen in every past Wimbledon didn't you say he only made the third round I yeah, think never made best, it right so round. I'm sure it, you know he didn't lose to like a top five player in all of those matches so like yeah I'm, yeah no I agree he's lost you. to unseated players here plenty of times and I just feel like yeah it's wouldn't be a shock if right it wouldn't exactly yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I think I'm, I'm hoping there more than anything. I, I need an American somewhere. Oh, for yeah, in for the sure. Tournament. And I'm, I don't know. When I look at it, it just seems like he's he's probably got the best shot to make a quarterfinal. <coughs> I yeah, I, this is as good a shot for him as any. And we saw Quigley yeah. do it last no, year. Fair. There's no reason he can't. That was really well put. There's no one John Isner can't lose to. John, <laughs> we would love to have you on the podcast because there's also no one you can't beat. You know, when you're serving well, it's you're not going to get broken. But I, I agree. This is Chilch's quarter to win. Okay, let's move on to our final quarter. This is the Alexander Zverev quarter of the draw. He's the number four seed. Crazy that a kid who is younger than me, I believe he was born in 1998, is the fucking four seed at a Wimbledon. The queen had already served over two wars. She had literally... Like, giving up power, then taking it back, then giving it up. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. But he wouldn't even know that because he probably hasn't read a history book yet because he was born in 1998, which is crazy. Alex was a history major. Yeah, so, if you can't tell, yeah. I enjoy it. Uh, I'm happy to also debate the likes, crown uh, with anyone because yeah. it's a wonderful series. Oh, my God. But first, you know, let's break down the draw aspect first, and then I want to ask you for a favorite Fliegner. But Matt Sikowiak, if you could. Oh, you want another this favorite part of the draw looking? <laughs> the favorite, not the favorite. Oh, okay. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm conditioned yeah, to hear from that you. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But so, Matt, give it, can we hear the quarter? Yeah, this this quarter here is actually my favorite quarter um, out of all four of them. I mean, just look at the names we've got. We've got Dominic Team, 
uh, Francis Tiafo, Fernando Verdasco, Kyle Edmund, Novak Djokovic, Nick Kyrgios, Kenny Shikori, Alex Vera, Taylor Fritz. I mean, Bernard Tomic. This quarter is <laughs> loaded. I love this quarter. <laughs> See, I, really do. I think, this I think the Nadal one's better. More things can happen. This is a great quarter. I agree. Wonderful names. I think this is more likely to go by... Oh, actually, now I'm starting to... See, I really love Heshanov. I think he... I wish he did not draw team, but I think, you know... Is that how you say it? Heshanov. Heshanov? I believe okay. so, yeah. It's Heshanov. It's Heshanov. Okay, I, either way. We'll need him on the pod to clarify. Yeah. But I'm saying... That is probably of all the matches potentially in this quarter. Although I would love me some Kyrgios Tomic in a potential third round match. God knows how many water bottles they're <laughs> off through. Like God, they'll just be <laughs> off ever. The queen yeah, comes yeah. <laughs> off into the royal box. It'll just be incredible. Yeah. But yeah, you make a a lot of big names in this quarter. What are the first round matches we should be watching? Yep, I've got a couple circled in this one. Um, you already mentioned Karen Hatchinoff against Dougie Ferrer. Uh, I want to keep my eye on that. I think Hatchinoff is probably going to take that one. Uh, but I've always been a Ferrer fan just because he's a little bulldog, man. I mean, the guy fights. I just I love everything about him, even though he's not the most talented guy. So um, I'll definitely want to watch that one. And then also for me, man, uh, Francis Tiafo against Fernando Verdasco. That I've got to tune into. I pretty much tune into every Tiafo match. But um, that one's interesting. You know, Verdasco, a veteran, he's been around forever. The thing about that one is I don't know if Tiafo has enough experience on the grass to actually be able to take that one in a three out of five set match. I think as of right now, I'm slightly favoring Verdasco, which, I mean, I hate to say that, but I'm being honest. But I think it could be a great match. I just don't know if Francis, I don't know if he's played enough on grass. Verdasco, obviously, you know, he has. He's been around forever. So, you know, big lefty serve, big forehand from Verdasco. I'm hoping for a good one there, but ultimately I think Verdasco is going to get through. And then uh, another American, Tennis Sandgren against Novak Djokovic. Mm. Okay, I haven't seen much of Sandgren recently, so I don't. Really he's know, he's know too busy dating months. Brett Hume or whoever they uh, <laughs> the who's the McHenry or Hume, who's he dating? Brit Hume, the, the blonde, uh, oh my gosh, the five, whatever, we can cut that joke because I got the name wrong, but yeah. the point is, yeah. he's been busy, and I'm hoping he gets the f***ing whooping he deserves, god damn it, yeah. you know, me and Sangren have had our issues over the years, but sorry, <laughs> go on, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting match, it's certainly going to be fun to see how he fares on the grass. Yeah, definitely, I mean, I, you know, all of your issues aside, I'm, I'm not here to talk about that, but... Um, yeah, Novak, I mean, I think Novak's going to get through. Actually, Novak, for me, is uh, the favorite in that quarter. I think Novak's actually going to get through into the quarterfinals. Uh, his form has been really good recently. I mean, I think he's kind of, he, he's pretty much back. I don't know if he's back, back to the form, you know, where he won like six. Wow, hold on. I got to stop that. Cue the hot take. Cue the fire alarms. You are saying Novak Djokovic is back to his top form. No, 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 that's, that's not that's what he's not saying. What no, no, you're no. I'm saying you're. He's back to like in form. He's in shape. Correct. He's back in form. Ooh. I think. No, I agree with that. Give anybody a scare, and uh, you know, Flinger touched on his match with Chilich at Queens Club uh, a couple weeks ago. That was phenomenal. I mean, Chilich won that match, but I mean, Joker. Look, the guy. He's playing better. So, um, you know, of course, he's not back to the level that he was in 2011 or you know, whenever that was, but. 
kind of like, I'm going to kind of dismiss Dominic Team a little bit. I hate to do that, but I just, look, he's a clay quarter. So on the grass, he hasn't really ever proven to me that he can play, you know, good tennis on the grass. So um, I'm going to brush him aside and basically say that Joker um, is going to is going to make the quarterfinals. I, I think he can do it. Yeah, I mean, I will defend Novak Djokovic to the grave. So, I uh... and one of your hot takes was Djokovic is the favorite. Make your deal. Why? What? Also, no, no, breaking no, 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 news. No, no, no. Breaking news for Matt Stachowiak and you: LeBron four-year, hundred fifty-four million dollar deal with the Lakers. He is going to the Lakers. Matt, did you hear that? Uh, I did not hear that, but that is. Uh, that's pretty much what we all thought was going to happen. So that, that's good to know. Thanks for yeah, sorry. But so, okay. So getting back to what you said, <laughs> I have here. No, no. Sorry. Favorite's the wrong word. You said he's the dark horse. Why is he yeah, the dark horse? I mean, come on. Is that not fair? He played an outstanding uh, match uh, against Chilich. You're not like, wrong. Matt, he no, played Matt, well. And you look at his record into the buildup. What do we say he was? He was something. Eh, he's doing pretty well. What he is... 18 and 9 right now, lost final of one. Look, there's no question he's had some bad losses this year, but the thing is, his trajectory has been the I right agree. one. Better and better. Yeah. Beat, his trajectory's been the right one. He had. Some, beat Dimitrov 4 and 1 in the round of 16 yeah, in London. He had some great moments at the French. You know, obviously, he had some bad ones too, but. Chachinato. Um, yeah, Chachinato. But he had. Uh, he had his great moment to shit moment ratio was a lot it's higher improving. yeah in the mo- in the most recent grass court tournament so i definitely think he's a dark horse i agree i think he's coming out of this quarter after that you know we'll see what happens but i, I do want to get back to you matt but you made a couple of points i agree with one tiafo verdasco is much watch tennis i mean verdasco's gonna yeah. hit the shit out of the ball Tiafo's gonna track it down and it's just gonna get yep. fun from there so a lot of good tennis there Hachanov, Ferrer, I agree, going to be a fun one. Christian Harrison, guys, come back from a ton of injuries, plays Nishikori first round. Those are two IMG guys. They have to know each other's games by now. Could be a better match than people expect. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting because, again, we've talked about all of these guys, but who have we not talked about? The actual top seed in this part of the draw, Alex Virov, a guy who finally <laughs> made his first second week of a Grand Slam at the French Open, a guy who I believe last year lost to Rayonich, right, in four in the round of 16. I think it was five. Or five, had yeah, so many opportunities, should have won, won the match in four and blew it, right, and then blew yeah. a long fifth set. Yeah, well, it's, uh, his fitness was a big yeah, problem but, there. But still, you know, you look at his, you look at uh, all these statistics. Oh, no, no, no. So we haven't talked about Zverev. You know who else we haven't talked about? My third biggest favorite. Not Federer, not Chilich, Nick Kyrgios. We haven't mm. said a single word about him. That's another guy looming in the straw. So you yeah. think Djokovic is, you know, I agree with you, and I was going to go into this further, but we, we've made this point long enough. Team clay court guy has never made a second week at, at, at Wimbledon. You know, I don't expect him to do it now. Yeah, it'd be great if he could prove us wrong, but I think we can't spend too much lost, time talking about he, him. Yeah, exactly. He lost <laughs> second round uh, in his grass court warm-up as well, so not a guy coming in with great form. I agree with you there. To me, Kyrgios, Zvira, oh, Fritz Zvira, a potential second-round matchup, could be a lot of fun. Hatch, uh, Tomic, uh, Kyrgios, third round. And we haven't talked about Kyle Edmund either. There are legitimately four guys, in my opinion, in this part of the draw, depending on how things break out, could each emerge and go to the semifinal. And I really, and then you play the Nadal bracket, which I also think is wide open. That's why this bottom half of the draw is so intriguing to me. There are so many guys who I think could come out and end up winning. And I want to ask you, Matt, because you made your case for Djokovic, but, uh, you know, of Kyrgios, of Zverev, and of Edmund. 
who's the biggest threat to Djokovic? Who's the guy you see taking him on? Oh, it's definitely Kyrgios. And I do have Kyrgios penciled in there in the quarters against Joker. Uh, my major question on Alex Zverev is, is he healthy? Because remember at the French Open, that he had that hammy. He pulled that hamstring or whatever. And then he played uh, in Germany a couple weeks ago. Played, I think it was Borna Torch in the first round. And uh, he, he played that match and I watched it. And he was definitely laboring. I mean, he looked injured to me. And he wasn't himself. So my major question with Zverev is, is, is he healthy? Because if he's not, I'm sorry, but, you know, he's not going to make it through. I actually think Kyrgios does make it to the quarters. Um, he's had some success at Wimbledon before, several years ago, uh, back when I think he was still a teenager. But, look, the thing about, the thing about Kyrgios, and it, it's always the thing, is which Kyrgios is going to show up? Is he going to be in the mood to play, or is he not? I mean, if he wants to show up and play, the guy, is, he's going to make the quarters. But, you know, he could have one of those matches where he's, you know, not feeling it, the crowd, you know, he's not liking something in the crowd, he gets pissed off at the chair umpire, whatever it is, and then he just loses. So I'm penciling him into the quarters, but I have a major, major star by that because, I mean, you just, you can't trust him. You can't trust him, but obviously he's talented enough. So I have Djokovic, Kyrgios in that quarter. All right, we, we've beat around the bush long enough. We've broken down these quarters. We know the best matches. We see where all of the players are. It's time for that. It, it is that time. Let's make some predictions, and then we'll get into our changeover chat and you know have some fun with the ending of this podcast. But let's start with you, Matt. Uh, let's go back to the top of the draw real quick and just do a little bit of a recap. So top portion, Roger Federer's portion of the draw. Give me your quarterfinalists in that matchup and the guy who you think is going to emerge from that top quarter into the semis. Yep, I've got Fed against Kevin Anderson in that quarter. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I think Anderson is a little bit slept on. You know, big guy, huge serve. He's had success um, at Wimbledon, and I'm looking for that Quarry-Anderson matchup in the fourth round, but I'm just, I'd love to see Quarry win it, but I'm going to roll with Anderson on this one. But, of course, Fed is going to be on into the semifinals. So, Fed Anderson in the quarter, Fed moving on. That was a compelling argument, by the way. It's the enthusiasm behind mm-hmm. Matt's voice. I really want to root for Fed now. I won't, yeah. and I'm going to save my prediction. It was but... compelling. I'm going to modify that a little bit. I'm going to say Federer query. Federer query? Yeah. Why? What is it about query? Well, I just that's think... That's what I'd love to see. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's part of it. I'm a little biased because I would love to see that, too. I actually really like query, especially as an American, Um, but... uh. Yeah, I think his game on grass, and we've seen this before, the last two Wimbledons, I think he made uh, the quarters and semis, respectively. And, um, you know, I think he can do it again. And I just think we haven't seen Anderson break through like that on grass, so Corey's got a bit more experience there. So I think where he has the edge over Anderson and makes it to the semis. Well, look, I'm going to stick to my guns. I've been making this argument the entire time, and we have no money on the line here, only our pride. So I'm going to say it. I think Borna Chorich knocks out Roger Federer in the round of 16. I think Chorich, we've been waiting for one of these young guys to make a breakthrough, have a win like that at this stage. You know, yes, Zverev made the quarterfinals. Yes, we saw Chung beat Djokovic and make the semifinals, but then, you know, have to retire against Federer. I think we finally see these big four lose again, you know, start to slowly get overtaken by this next gen of players. And actually, 
a, a quick side story here. I was talking about this. I, I think it was with this weekend with Zach Gross and Blake Ahadi, two friends of mine who you, uh, I think Fliegner's familiar with, two guys I played club tennis with. And we were having the argument of the generation of Rayonich, Dimitrov, Nishikori. It's a joke. They must be like, God, we f***ing suck. Yeah. Like, we couldn't do anything right. And, like, these next-gen guys are clearly better. They have clear signs of that there will be growth in the game whether it's the serve the all-around fitness the you know the backhand of Chorich, just virad's weapons from throughout the course chung's physical ability going side to side how steady he is it's so interesting to see these next gen guys and i think now is the time i'm going to take Chorich over fed i'm going to take my up i think harrison's going to knock out manorino i think he's going to make the third round that's an upset in that part of the bracket but i think it's going to be Chorich versus uh, I'm going to go with Query. You know what? I'm going to take Slam and Sam. He's happily and newly married. I'm mm-hmm. going to say he rides that confidence into the quarterfinals where he loses, and we have Borna Choric representing that quarters in the semifinals. Let's stick with the top half of the draw. Matt, I really love the energy you bring to this segment, so I want to start with you. Marin Cilic quarter, who you got? Yep, uh, I'm sticking with Marin uh, in this quarter. Cilic against Isner. Uh, we already pretty much went over why... Uh, why that's the case, so I won't go into all that again, but I think Chilich has a really good draw, and, you know, it may be with my heart a little bit more than my head, but I just, I want Isner to get through. He's got the weapons, he can do it. Um, will he do it? I guess that remains to be seen, but I'm hoping so. He can definitely, uh, the draw is there for him, so I'm going to go with Chilich, Isner in the quarters, and Marin Chilich over Isner to make the semis. I like it. What about you, Fligner? I can't argue with that, you know. I mean, verbatim. Yeah, no, I just. Well, no, it's should just, I copy and paste? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. I mean, I'm just looking at that section with Isner, and it really is wide open, you know. And I know that I was kind of shitting on Isner earlier, and I'm still not gonna be an Isner fan after this tournament. But, um, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. So. So you're gonna take it? Yeah. Okay. Again, I'm going to be different. Some of the upsets I see in this portion of the draw, and I'm just using this to list them now, I could see Mackenzie McDonald making the third round here, taking out Ricardus Barankis. Then he's got a, a weaker seed in Philip Krajinovich, a guy huge ground strokes you know, on the grass. How well the, will those translate? We don't know. And I could see him sneaking into the third round. I could see Isner losing to Johnson in the second round as well. But then my big upset in this part of the bracket... I see Tsitsipas taking out, or Donaldson, but hopefully, it would likely Tsitsipas, taking out Dimitrov in a battle of one-handers in the third round. I think he gets through. I think then he ends up, you know, riding that as well into the fourth round, into the quarterfinal. I believe that would be the quarterfinal opponent for Chilich. And then I think, like you, Chilich is just playing too well. The serve is too big. And I think he ends up in a battle. Croatia's finest moments in today, since today's penalty kick earlier when they advanced to <laughs> the FIFA quarterfinals. We have Chilich versus Chorich. Hopefully the game Croatia's playing doesn't play at the same time as that match in the semifinal because who knows what they're going to watch. There's going to be a lot of drunk Croatians. It's going to be a great top half of the draw. Give me Chilich versus Chorich representing that top half. All right, let's move on. Let's do to the bottom half of the draw. You think the Zverev quarter is more impressive, right, Matt? My favorite quarter. So then we'll save that for last. Let's go Rafa quarter first. Who you got emerging in the quarters and semis? Yep, I've got Delco against Rafa in the quarters. Um, I think Rafa, first couple rounds are going to be pretty smooth, and then that Misha Zverev match, if we get that one, could be could be tough. Uh, but if he gets through, I think he's going to be riding some confidence then. Um, 
you know, I don't see really Schwartzman or Fognini beating Rafa, you know, in the fourth round. So I'm going to have Rafa against Del Potro there uh, in the quarters, and I'm rolling Rafa, man. I've got Rafa over Del Po in the semis. All right. That's, uh, you literally have the most boring draw thus far. I don't think you've picked a single non-top four seed, and I think our listeners are aware of that as well, and they see you're playing it safe, and that's why they are more fond of me. But we'll move on, and we'll go to Fleener. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do some polling. Yeah. Uh, just kidding, Matt. I'm obviously much more fond of you. Uh, but, <laughs> Fleener, give me your picks. Yeah, I'm going to pick Juan Martín del Potro no, nice over uh, into, the, into the quarters, and then Misha Zverev over Rafa Nadal. Really? Yeah, I think I love Misha. I'm I'm gonna ride that train as long as it'll you know and keep rolling. Gonna, are you gonna ride it to the semifinal? Um that's a great question. Yes. Oh wow, there it is. Whoa. 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 <laughs> it only took an hour and a half and Flinger finally woke up and Yeah, gave well us at a least you realize how long we've been uh... Cue the sizzle. I didn't realize how long we've been recording. Yeah. That's funny. All right. So, again, some of the upsets I see in this round, I could see Benoit Pair going on a run. I think he's playing phenomenal. And again, a second round versus Shapovalov. Who's the favorite? The more experienced Pair, right? Yes. You've got to think so. Unless, he, unless like, Kyrgios, he first just... First round, Shapo's not making it out of the first. Ooh, I like that take as well. I forgot so about he that He called him Shapo, too. So it's yeah, that's true. You cont- it's contagious. Yeah. I like... I think the winner. I agree with Matt. I think I think Shapovalov is not. I think that's true. I also think the winner of Dimonauer and Zverev in the second round. Uh, hopefully, they both make it. Watch them both lose. <laughs> if they both lose, I disregard this. But if one of them makes it to the third round, that player will take out Rafa Nadal. You heard it here first. I'm very, very confident. All right, I think that Zverev that might is, happen. Should we bet? <laughs> yeah. Put something down on it. No, I who's going to take out Rafa Nadal? I'm down with it being Zverev too. Yeah. I would totally be in on that. Oh, man. I feel like we're disrespecting Gofen. Oh, also, it wouldn't shock me if Jack Sock loses again first round. Um, who do I have emerging from this quarter? Can I say no one? Can I say they just <laughs> let the bottom... No. Yeah. Can I let them play, like, Kyrgios and Djokovic? Everyone moves up around in that, and we just eliminate <laughs> this part of the draw. Um, oh. Give me Del Potro. I would just be happy to see yeah. him. And God God forbid one of the top guys are still alive. He's the only guy with the cojones to take out. The cojones. Oh, yeah, so the chutzpah. I'll take Del Potro as my representative in the semifinal. My, I'll take the fourth round. Uh, let me look at that. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the quarterfinal, whatever. Just trust me, Del Potro. I guess Del Potro versus the winner, whoever knocks out Nadal. Okay, last bracket. Matt. This is the match that Koyak Alex Vera of quarter of the draw. Give me your picks. Yep. All right. All right, Alex. You want some uh, some non-top seeds in there? Well, this is the one. No, that doesn't. That's Djokovic doesn't count. That's ridiculous. You don't get to say Djokovic is a non-top seed. Hey, he's he's twelve seed, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you. Okay. So Joker Curios in this quarter. I I don't. I'm not buying any stock in team or or Alex. He's not wrong. No, he isn't wrong. Um, there are four and seven seeds. And in in that matchup, God, that's going to be good. But I'm I'm going with Joker because mentally, I think in the quarters of a Grand Slam, I don't think Kyrgios. If Joker is in the quarters, he's going to be playing good tennis. So 
I'm rolling with Joker over Kyrios in that match because mentally I think Joker's going to be playing well if he's there, and he's obviously a superior player mentally than Kyrios is. Kyrios obviously has the firepower to take him out, and if he plays out of his mind, he'll probably take him out. But in the quarters, I don't think so. I think Kyrios is going to play a little bit better in the early rounds, and then as that pressure ramps up, we, you know, we haven't seen Kyrios get past the quarters ever in a slam. So I'm rolling Joker into the semis. Are you about to agree with him? Again? I mean, what do you want from me? He like, goes I'm, Djokovic. Yeah, I love Djokovic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on. He's sucking up to the producer, so you make him sound good after edits. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. No, he sounds... I've seen that technique. Yeah. So you're taking Djokovic? You really I have, have to. to I have to. He's my... Uh, you haven't come on a podcast in my four guy. months, and all you have to say is, I'm taking Djokovic. I'm taking Djokovic. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Well, you do realize I've switched back to uh, the head speed pro, right? Yeah, that's true. All right, you took off. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Good point. All right. I have some upsets I want to talk about in this one as well. Hachanov, I think he's going to take out team second round. Would not shock me at all. Hachanov's got these powerful ground strokes, really hits through the court. Team with the back swings, just really hard on the grass. I'm going to take Tomic taking out Nishikori second round as well. Everyone You're knows, delusional. You know how much I love Bernard He's Tomic. a lucky loser. Not so fast, buddy. Not so fast. <laughs> I just love Tomic, and more than anything, I need Kyrgios and Tomic to play third round. I would just, I'd love that. I could see, I think Tiafo's going to take out Verdasco. I could see him getting to a third round as well. I actually, no, I agree with that playing too. Playing a hatch. Because I think Verdasco on grass, just, grass he can't do it. Yeah, exactly. No, so one he's shot can see him do well. Case. You know, <laughs> I had a lot of time thinking about this part of the draw. This is the whole reason it took me so long to finish the outline, guys, is because I just couldn't figure out who I wanted to take in this section in the quarterfinals. I love Kyle Edmund. I love myself Francis Tiafo. I, I don't even dislike Djokovic. I think Edmund's going to take out Djokovic. Mm, is Kyrgios in that part of the draw as well? He is, right? Oh, I think oh, it's going to be Zvira versus Kyrgios and Djokovic versus Edmund. I, uh... All right, f*** it. Give me Kyrgios, but I reserve the right to come back and pick Edmund. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's going to be one of those two. Or Zverev. I reserve the right to pick any of those three. <laughs> I, I, my selection is not Djokovic. Anyone but Djokovic. And I think that winner beats the winner of the Marin Cilic quarter, who I believe I predicted... Or not the Marin Chilich quarter. I believe the, the Rafa quarter, who I believe I predicted to be Del Potro. I think. All right, let's go right into it. Semis and finals. Matt, who, who's making the finals and who wins? Yep, I've got Fed uh, and Chilich in the top half. That's a matchup I really want to see. Um, you know, obviously the one and three seed, they're both playing great. I'm taking Fed over Chilich. I think that has the potential to be, you know, a phenomenal semifinal. Bottom half, I've got uh, Joker and Rafa. This is really what I want to see. If that Joker and Rafa are in the semis, I'm going to love it. Then we'll know it's 2008. <laughs> yeah, then the world's <laughs> ending. I know it's 2008, but I'm about to tell you why it's 2018, okay? I've got Ooh. Rafa over Joker in the semifinals. Fed versus Rafa, and here's why. They're one and two in the world. Who on tour has played better at, since the start of 2018 than Fed and Rafa? Who? Nobody, right? I mean, on grass, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Ben and Rafa have been the best two players on tour in 2018. So, I mean, yeah, they're the one and two seeds. Maybe I'm not going out on a limb or whatever, but... 
I okay. I I I I have to cut you off. I'm sorry, but I mean I've just spent two hours talking about this. But Delpo, Chilich, those are the guys that can beat him. And then or someone's got to get lucky in the three out of five. You're right. It's the plain Jane pick. It's smart on paper. They are the one and two seeds. But Nadal hasn't made it. Well, I think I had this in my outline. Nadal hasn't made it to the second week of a Wimbledon since 2011. So, I mean, the guy made the fourth round last year. That's it. Not since 2011 has he made it past the fourth round. So, to put your eggs in that basket, that's tough. And then Fed, a grouchy Fed is the new thing. I'm in on this take. I like I, the, the, the rack, it's off. The clothes are Uniqlo. He's not the same Fedder. So, my semifinals, my, and I'm sorry, I skipped a few real quick, Flinger, semifinals, finals. Uh, well, I mean, this isn't too original either, but I'm, I'm going to put Federer. Djokovic and in the semis. I'm take Federer. And he takes yeah. Federer, of course. All right, I'm going to say the reason I go different here, the reason I say... I'm a contrarian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, the reason I'm going to put uh, George Chilich. Chilich has got to be in George's head because of the Croatia thing. But George... Ch- uh, I'm going to take George. F- George is going to make my top half oh my final. God, I think delusional. he beats Fed and he rides that high all the way to the final. You realize how dumb you're going to look in two weeks. You realize yeah, how good this... Russian, this is why... Dude, I can't even argue with you, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, couldn't, isn't there a scenario where Chorich beats Medvedev, no. carries that no. momentum, you, takes out Harrison... Hold on. Carries the, the momentum. You, is you know too much for your own good. Takes out Federer... Carries that momentum and just rides it to the finals on a high. No, it doesn't. Nope. That's not how it works. <laughs> nope. That's not how grand slams work. People don't I, just ride a high. Momentum you have to win tennis, three out of five sets for two weeks. You guys don't understand the value exactly. of momentum. Exactly. Who's won the two grand slams so far in 2018? Who won Australia? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Federer Nadal won the last six. But guess what? We're on what? number seven. And like, I'm desperate for there to be someone new. So I'm taking again Chorich on top, bottom half of the draw. I believe, I don't even remember who I have. You have me that worked up. I think I went with Kyrgios out of the Zverev quarter, though it's going to be any of those three. Taking on, uh, who was in my other quarter? I believe I said Delpo comes out. I'm going to say the winner, the Kyrgios, uh, Zverev, Trifecta, uh, Edmund, whoever wins that is going to make the final. And you know what, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to say it's Chorich in the final taking on Kyrgios. One of them kills a spectator with their frustration. Kyrgios may hit a serve at the queen just to send a message. But give me Kyrgios. it. It's his time. He broke through at Wimbledon. That's where he made his stand. No one's healthy. No one looks that good. This podcast is an hour and a half. Let's make it interesting. Give me Kyrgios. Okay. I, I cannot wait to see you fall. That is the worst prediction I have heard in my life. <laughs> so Dude, I think if we look back, I correct. Or if I remember, you took Wake Forest UCLA and I took Wake Forest Ohio State. So in terms of predictions on this podcast, I'm 1 0. Uh, hey, we're not talking college here. Uh-uh. Okay? Uh-uh. I'm telling you, man. It, hey, how about this? If it's George Kyrgios in the final, dude, I, I don't even know, man. Whatever you want, man. I'll, dude, I will bet the house that it is not George and Kyrgios If it's George... If it's George Kyrgios, you and Fleetner have to make the next six outlines for a Great Shot podcast because right, we're pushing eight pages. Yeah. <laughs> All right, God willing, this happens. Tennis fans ever 
Can you imagine what is Chris Fowler doing in the final? What is uh, John McEnroe is like? Uh, can you do the Josh Berry impressions? Which, by the way, we, I wish we had Josh Berry on this pub, but McEnroe is like, yeah, Torrance is a great player. I don't do that's my McEnroe impression. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. good. The point is, Wimbledon, there's so much fun action. That's why speculating like this is so much fun because so many cool things can still happen. You know, Matt... I want. I'm gonna ask you to stick around because we. I do want to do a changeover chat as no great shot podcast is complete without that. So stick around through one more break. We're gonna bring Paul out here. We're gonna talk a little bit of stories. Max is gonna stick around as well, and we will be right back with you. It's time for this week's Flinger. Cue the drum roll, please. It's time for this week's Changeover Chat. The, the Changeover chat. chat. So, Matt, Paul, we have you guys here because, as always, we've got some fun topics. And Wimbledon really does prove, as always, some of the unintentional comedy associated with you know, tennis just in general and some of the most ridiculous things you see. One of them, and... I think this is what Wimbledon's most known for, for the common fan, the all-white outfits. I want to go around the panel and ask you guys. We'll start with you, Paul. You're British. You can explain this to us. Why do we have all-white outfits still? What's the deal? So the all-white outfit, without without the all-white, Wimbledon wouldn't be the same. It dates Wimbledon... back to Lord Wimbledon 1982. Exactly. Longer than that. Longer than that. Sorry. Like before Queen Elizabeth reigned, there was Lord Wimbledon. <laughs> exactly. Wimbledon is a tournament of tradition, and I think the all-white is just the cleanest, obviously the cleanest, best-looking outfit for players that fits in the surroundings. You know, you have a lot of old, very civilized people attending in the crowd. You have the royal family, and it's just the gentlemanly and a ladylike thing to wear. It is the gentleman's singles, so I suppose you're right. And, of course, that was a very tidied-up answer. Typical Dartmouth. Matt, provide some color commentary. What are you thinking? All right. Here's, here's what I think. Um, I like the all-white at Wimbledon. You know, and it's not that I just love the all-whites or whatever it is, but like Paul said, it's the tradition. And, you know, every other tournament throughout the entire year, we see colors, okay? Guys are wearing, you know, other colors throughout the whole year. For this one event, I'm totally fine with them going all white. I have zero problem with it at all. And to be honest, if they switched it now and, you know, they just let everybody wear what they want, like, you've got to admit, that would look, it would look a little odd. It would be different, you know, to have people out there in pink and, you know, purple, you know, at Wimbledon. I don't know if I'd like it. So I, I like it the way it is. I, I think it's just good to like tame Rafa's ridiculous outfits <laughs> for one turn. Sleeves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like make him not wear like Matt said bright pink <laughs> or fucking yellow capris or something for yeah. So 
a couple counters here because obviously I disagree. Number one, do you know Agassi didn't play Wimbledon for a bunch of years out of protest of the color code? An amazing little factoid. If that happened now, it would be a fucking like similar. If you're not allowing me to identify myself with the <laughs> colors, it would be amazing and very fun. But then number two, I guess if I was a player and I knew there's going to be royal family and you know they wear the extravagant outfits, I would match my color to whatever the bonnet was of the most you know <laughs> famous person there. So if it's the pink bonnet or the famous all yellow outfit from the queen, I'm rocking the neon yellows. I'm looking as good as possible. And I just think, why ever, you know, not allow players uh, an opportunity to express themselves? And outfits really the best way for them to do that. Because there this is, is literally the only tournament of the whole year yeah, where so they why, can't that's do why something you ridiculous. Bow. And something about, like, get over yourself. Oh, my gosh. It's hard enough to see the ball against, like, the green grass. I, I, I mean, I've, whatever. Do you have any empirical evidence for False. that? Yeah. <laughs> I've watched TV. Yeah. <laughs> the point is, I'm out on it. Who cares? It's fucking 2018. Let them wear colors. I'm still um, a contrarian. All right. Next, <laughs> next thing I want to do, Wimbledon-related. Obviously, they have player boxes everywhere, but at Wimbledon, they have a special place for fans to sit. It's called the Royal Box. We'll start with you, Paul, and then go to Matt, Max, and myself. Who's sitting in your Royal Box if you're on center court? Royal Box. Firstly, you have to get a member of the Royal Family in there, <laughs> which is not a gimme. It's not easy. Um, obviously, the Queen, ideally. Got you know, it has to be, but if not, I'll take Prince, uh, Prince William and Princess Kate in the box. <laughs> Just your um, standard duo. Just your standard no duo, dudes. exactly. Nice, nice, clean couple, you know. <laughs> um, and then I think you're gonna have a David Beckham is the iconic British <laughs> British sports person. Yeah, he shows up for woman every year, um, and I think that just that, honestly, because if you got those guys, then you're made. You hit the nail on the <laughs> You've head. You made it. Yeah. yeah like, what do you think, Matt? Who's in your box? Yeah, I've got three uh, Americans. That I would I would love to have in my box. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm a huge Green Bay Packers fan. <laughs> Best quarterback in the world. Probably besides Fed, probably my second favorite athlete, or really tied for first, to be honest. So um, Aaron Rodgers for sure. Number two, J Cole. Um, <laughs> J Cole. One of my favorite musical artists. I would love to have him in the box. It would be hilarious. Like if he had his dreads and everything. I would love for him to be in there. I have no idea if he likes tennis. Number three, somebody that I do know that likes tennis is Will Ferrell. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. That's funny. Love that dude. And I know he likes tennis. You see him at events. He might be at Wimbledon. Yeah. Yeah. You might see him there anyways. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good three. I mean... I have to. Oh, I don't know. Would I rather ha- would I rather have the prince and princess, just the standard Beckham? I mean, I've watched the movie Bend It Like Beckham with Rachel McAdams many times in my adolescent years, so I suppose I'd be down for that. But that is J Cole. I'd have him sing it like in between steps. He's got to do a song or something. What about you, Flinger? Who you got? I'll take Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. <laughs> Dude, I don't even like Guns and Roses. And the No Tasha. The no, oh, that's a good one. I'll put the no tie chef in there. Okay, but seriously, yeah. who are your three? Um, I mean, you can have as many as you want. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I would want Steve Carell in there to, to kind of go with the the comedy route. He has to do the waxing. Yeah, scene I think I think if I ever got stressed out, I would just look up, see his face, and be like, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably have to put Maria Sharapova in there as your coach. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I'd have to put my longtime coach, 
Armin Molino he in there. Count. I'm saying, give me someone. Oh, you want me? A, you want a celebrity? Who, who you want to get in your opponent's head? Mirka. <laughs> Mirka in your box <laughs> as your celebrity, and you're just playing Roger. And you're like the joke is on you. Like, she's on my team. Or you get like his two sets of twins. No, I would. I would take like one. Of, put like one of my college professors. You take up there. Shaka from the Switzerland uh, football team or soccer <laughs> team, so that Roger's like, oh, Shaka. He's probably at the door. Um, sorry, but okay. If I had to give you my three. Hmm, man, this is tough. I mean, to have Barack Hussein in there would be incredible, obviously. Um, oh, who would I want in my royal box? Tough. I would definitely take Christian Bale in his Batman outfit. I would want Ben Stiller as White Goodman because I just want him in my in my box. Nobody makes us bleed our own blood, Alex. Um, and who else? Ooh. And Jack Nicholson's departed character. Oh my god! I would definitely want Dude, Francis Castell. Can we hang out we'll once without you Francis. saying the word "departed"? I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine he's in the box and he's like, because one of my favorite lines is "Get you, get you." Who the f- do you think you're talking to? And it's like, I just want him like they're talking shit. He's like, who the f- do you think you're? Talking you're enjoying box? yourself, aren't you? Uh, look, it's my player box, so yes, I am very it's much fair. in. So there's one last thing I want to do before we leave, and Matt, if you could stick around for this, this is great, but Paul, obviously you played at Dartmouth with Mm -hmm. Max, and you recently had the opportunity to travel with some of your teammates to the Rochester and Pittsburgh Futures event. Those are ITF events, and for the people who don't have a Futures tour, you know, not to be derogatory, but it's the equivalent of the minor leagues of tennis, and that's where a lot of young guys go out, get their first points, make their names. Matt, I know you're familiar with this because your brother Nick has played some events, and for all I know, you might have played a Futures or two as well back in the day. So I want to start with you, Paul, just talking about these two events. You know, for people who don't understand, how incredible is the level at these Futures events? Yeah, the level, and Matt will, I'm sure, agree with me on this, the level is insanely high. Um, not only do you have college kids coming straight out, um, Cameron Norrie is an example, last year I was in college, now playing Wimbledon. You have these top college guys coming straight out, competing you know, semis and finals of futures, playing at a really high level. You also have guys who have been playing for like four or five years on the circuit who are top you know, 400, top 300 even, some, some of the higher level futures, um, who are very good professionals, not quite breaking onto the main tour. Um, but they are seriously good tennis players, and the depth is unbelievable. Um, yeah, and you know, Matt, you've been to some of these events as well. Just to touch on for our fans, and yes, this isn't Wimbledon related, but to have this opportunity, uh, you know, a lot of futures events are at local colleges or local clubs, and so for fans, it's a very accessible event. You know, Matt, what have you seen on the futures level? Why would that does that appeal to you as a tennis fan, and what would it be your selling pitch to other fans? Oh, simple. I mean, these guys are hungry. You know, guys simple. that are playing oh. the Futures circuit, really, I mean, they're fighting for everything they can get. Um, so, you know, like uh, like Paul said, the, the competition is great, even in qualifying. I mean, it's hard, if you're in qualifying, it's hard to quality, even for a Futures-level uh, event. So, uh, I mean, they're fun. You know, high-level college guys, true professionals that are traveling around, you know, week in, week out. You know, it's just, it's like Paul said, it's guys that can't quite break on to, you know, the ATP tour at least yet. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, my pitch is that you're going to see competitive tennis. You know, guys aren't going to be out there tanking or anything. They're fighting for everything they can get, every single point, um, and, you know, all the prize money that goes with it. So, you know.
you know, if you want to go see some guys really grind it out, I mean, that's that's a spot you do it. Yeah, I, I again, the future circuit, you see so many guys from the highest levels of college, so many guys who are top-level juniors who are just trying to break through, get their first points so they can start playing higher-level events. You know, talking about Rochester and Pittsburgh in specific, those are the type of events you'll see a lot of those players throughout the various summer American events. You know, I want to ask you, Paul, who are some of the guys you see just so our fans can have some names to look out for? Yeah, so a really exciting player for Americans, I'm sure, is Alex Rybakov. Um, came, he actually has one more year of eligibility. TCU senior, right? TCU, top 20 in the country, rising whatever. senior, top 20 in the country. I'd be amazed if he wasn't one or two in the country next year if he chooses to stay at TCU. Uh, one back-to-back Buffalo and then Rochester Futures, which I witnessed um, straight out of college, which is unbelievably impressive. So Rybakov, 100%, someone to look out for. Um, other guys, Jordi Arcanada, played number three, I believe, for Texas A&M, um, but still managed to be ranked in top 50, top 60, playing at number three in college, which is impressive. Just made semis in Pittsburgh, quarters in Rochester, I think. Um, another... American college player, just graduated, someone to look out for, um, and just a ton of ton of other guys, so much depth. Um, Franklin Tiafo actually. Oh, Francis' traveling brother. Traveling around, Francis' kind of brother. Cool. So some fun names as well. Exactly, some fun names. Boris Kozlov, brother of Stefan. Um, so yeah, some, some really good players and, in there. And same thing, Matt. So, you know, I've been at college matches with you, and you've seen Futures maybe even more than I have. If you were to describe the level of tennis you've seen at the Futures event and put it in terms of a college lineup, you know, what could these guys be playing in college? Where are these guys stacking up? Yeah, I mean, in the main draw, at least, most of these guys are stacking up high. I mean, a guy like Arvinata, you know, playing three at A&M is, is a little ridiculous. I mean, he's got the ability to play at a bunch of D1 schools and play number one. So um, definitely in the upper echelon of, of college tennis. You know, Ryan Cobb, obviously one of the best in college. He just won a couple. That's, you know, that's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, no, definitely the upper echelon, you know, not so much. I mean, maybe at, you know, like a wake, you're going to see some of the guys down at five and six in there as well, you know, on some of maybe the top ten schools. But, um, no, the level's high. I mean, Paul knows. He's been there. The, the level is, is definitely high. So, you know, upper level college and, and really, you know, true true professionals after that. Too. So, 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 you know, I some, mean, some of the names we've seen, Emilio Gomez, former star at USC, Alex Knight, a Michigan guy, Gray Hamilton, Junior Orr, you know, your Sean Scully, Stokowiak, I know that's your guy, Andrade, uh, you've got Dunbar, you've got Arcanada, Gianni Ross, Axel Neve, Strong Kirkheimer, so many strong names that we've seen throughout college, and that's only one week, so... As you mentioned, not as glamorous as Wimbledon, but as Wimbledon is going on, there are futures events throughout the country. You know, as tennis fans, don't be got, don't ignore them. You know, if one's nearby, go support, go give some love to your closest players. But okay, Matt, Paul, it has been you know one hell of an episode. I want to thank you guys both for sticking around because I would really appreciate. It. I think our fans will love that segment. Just you know, again, future circuit, 
a ton of fun. Great place to, if you want your kid, he's a rising tournament player, to be inspired by a level of tennis, go check those out because those guys are really, really incredible and you just don't see anything else likely. But I want to thank you guys, Matt and Paul. Flinger doesn't get a thank you because he's got to do this. But, you know, both of you guys for sticking around, for taking the time to break down this Wimbledon. Matt, you know, it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you. And don't, you know, expect my calls throughout this week because we're going to have to do a couple of these. Hey, man, I'm ready to go. You give me the call and I'm there. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. And, Paul, thank you as well. Anytime you want to come on the podcast, you're more than welcome. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute honor. All right. So one last time for our super producer, Max Ligner, who's got a fuck of a job to do as always. For our two guests, Paul Midgley, Matt Stokowiak, I'm Alex Gruskin, and we say to you, Hey. Hey. Great, great shot. shot. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone.